Oh, hi. You stumbled across Beauty Reform School, the podcast that explores beauty, style, reinvention, self-care, all from the perspective of the outside looking in. We pick apart the classics so we can confidently break the mold. And I'm your host, Bad Bad, the artist, the educator, the retail grunt, the problem child. The one who's done it the hard way for decades, and now I'm passing the savings on to you. So bring me your tired, your confused, your weirdos, your others yearning to breathe free. If this sounds like you, grab your pen and grab your scratch pad, and let's figure this crap out together. Right here at Beauty Reform School. I gotta tell you, I've been really jazzed to do this bonus episode. I've been very excited about it, not just for this episode itself, but I'm hoping that this is going to be a chance for us to start sharing our experiences more with each other. I want you to send in everything from beauty horror stories. You can keep things anonymous if you want. You can send in funny questions or funny experiences that you've always had. You can also send in, if you hear any tell of a true crime story that involves makeup or beauty, please, pretty, pretty please send it to me so we can discuss. I am tingling my fingers together at the thought of it. So this is our extra credit bonus episode segment that's going to happen once a month and we're going to have some fun i've already been giggling just skimming the stories and i have not read them all the way through because i wanted to save it for this episode so here we go just away we go i'm not doing all of them but i wanted to grab some of the particular gems in this article. One of them is about the person who mixed hair dye with chlorine. She says, I decided to dye my hair blonde, so I went and got it done at the salon. A few days later, I attended a pool party and stayed in the pool most of the time. I didn't know you're not supposed to get into a chlorinated pool after dyeing your hair, so I woke up with bright green hair due to the reaction with the chlorine. I tried the tomato juice solution, but it only made me throw up from the smell I am never dyeing my hair again. So there might be some people that said, well, yeah, of course, you're not supposed to get into a pool with after you get your hair done. Of course not. You know, if you dye your hair, you just really shouldn't. You should protect your hair, wear a cap, whatever. But there are some people who truly don't know that. Um, It's a shame that her stylist or her, you know, hairdresser didn't tell her. But yeah, don't get into a pool after you dyed your hair. I actually have a friend who dyed her hair. It looked beautiful, nice, beautiful color. And she got into the pool um, a day or so later. And it didn't turn green because she had like a unnatural color. You know, it's like a beautiful purple. But it faded. It faded a lot. So... Chlorine is not your friend if you're dyeing your hair. Just keep that in mind. This one 
this one definitely, the next one definitely hits home because I got to tell you, there have been so many times that I have talked to my clients about this particular subject and this is the extreme of what happens. So yikes. She says, I was using an exfoliating scrub as a freshly acne prone middle schooler. I didn't find this out until later, but one of the beads got stuck in a pore on the side of my face. I started developing what I thought was a giant pimple that stayed for months. It turned out to be a cyst from the bead and it had to be surgically removed. Cheese on toast. Damn. So they're already, I don't, it's not been done yet, but they're already in the works for trying to ban and get rid of the little exfoliating beads out of exfoliating products. They're trying to do that. They, there are just so many reasons that, you know, they say it's bad for the environment. They say many, many things regarding why you should not have those little plasticky beads in your exfoliants. But and I've never in my life heard of it actually getting stuck into a pore, but I can see how it could happen. I could see how it could happen. And just, damn, yikes, man. Like, really? Wow. I mean, okay. My point being is when it comes to exfoliating, you have to be careful in general. We already said that that particular exfoliant that's so popular on the market that smells like fruit and has, you know, shredded up shards of shell. We already said don't do that. Why? Do you remember? Because it rips the skin. That's right. Because it rips the skin. So we already said don't do that. And we're now we're saying don't use beads. So you might be saying, well, geez, Louise, what can I use? Well, most naturally... It's good to use things that are gentle on the skin. I personally prefer an enzymatic exfoliant. That's something that has enzymes in it that eat away gently at the uh, the skin, the, the top layer of the skin. Um, I know it sounds a lot harsher than it is, but if you have something that genuinely just eats away that top layer of skin, it's not going to scratch you, it's not gonna scrape you, it's not going to burn you, and it's not going to get stuck in a big old pore that you have in your face. It's not going to heal over and become a cyst that you have to get surgically removed later for the love of God. Damn. So also like gentle microdermabrasion, very, very good. There's chemical microdermabrasions. There are things that you can do for that. But it's really important to... It's really important to ask questions. Now, she said she was a middle schooler, so I'm not going to give her too hard a time. And I mean, I'm actually impressed that she was trying to do something with her skincare at all, being a kid. But especially being younger, ask. Actually, scratch that. No matter how old you are, ask. If you don't know, ask. This is not the time to be, you know, some experimental scientist. Ask. So, you know, I love glitter and you know, I love eye makeup, but this one is deep. She said, I got a tip from someone 
who does makeup professionally to use lash glue to keep glitter eyeshadow in place. I decided to try it and ended up gluing my eyes shut 40 minutes before my midterm exam. All right, for starters, kudos to you for trying to rock a glitter eye before your exam. I mean, you know, you were doing it. You were doing it up big. But next, you did not get advice from a professional because a professional would never tell you to do that. I'm not saying that you didn't. I'm saying that whoever told you was not, in fact, a professional. And, you know, play a devil's advocate here. A lot of times going into beauty scenarios, we hear what we think we want to hear. I'm not saying that's not what they told you. But I'm saying in a, in a hypothetical situation, sometimes you hear what you think they you want to hear. You know, so if someone told you to, to use something, now there's such a thing called glitter glue. Now that's, that's not glue at all. That's an eye primer that's particularly tacky and it's designed to grab on to your glitter and hold it on. But it is called glue in the title. Now maybe that's what you heard, you know? That could be a thing in the, in the world of hypotheticals. That could be a thing. But if they told you to actually use eyelash adhesive, they needed to be, they need to be taken out back and flogged because they're, they're wrong for that. They are so wrong for that. First of all, just for your own edification, no, don't ever put eyelash glue on your eyes for glitter. I mean, in the world of performers and drag queens, and I think I've mentioned this before, they follow a different code and a different set of rules. When you're performing, there are things that you might do beauty-wise because you want it to hold on. You want it to stay fresh all night. It's hot. You're sweating. A lot of adrenaline, a lot of things going on, and you want to keep the makeup on. But these are things that I think as performers, we take an oath to go above and beyond. We take an oath to really just go nuts and we take some risks and roll some dice that most people would not do when it comes to beauty. And that's cool, but you make, as you decide to be a performer, as you get out there in the world and you get forged in the fire of the thing called show, you decide to take some of these risks, but there's no reason in the world that the average person who's not getting up on stage in that scenario should be taking these risks. You're not doing anything so rigorous that you need to take these risks. Because I got to tell you, like things like that are uncomfortable to begin with. They are crazy and you don't need to do that. You don't need to put yourself through that. You know, if pain is your twist, that's that's a whole other story, right? But why would you do that on a, just a regular average Tuesday? There's just no reason. No reason at all. Moving on. This one also hit me close to my heart because I have been on the receiving end of clients running in and having this issue as well. They said... A few years ago, I was leaning into my mirror to line up my eyelash curler. I pressed down just as a huge spider crawled out of the medicine cabinet. Being a huge arachnophobe, I was startled and my hand jerked, pulling out almost all of my eyelashes. Woo! 
So I haven't had anybody lose their lashes due to something as scary as that. Um, I'm really thrilled that I am not an arachnophobe. I'm not a huge fan of spiders, but I'm not scared of them either. I respect them. They respect me. However, if something were to startle you when you have the eyelash curl on the base of your lashes, you got to reach, you got to dig deep within and chill for a second, at least long enough to to unclasp that eyelash curler and then you can run. But you know, just one second to release it. Throw the eyelash curler on the floor. You can sanitize it later. Just just don't. <laughs> I mean, I know she couldn't she didn't expect it. But here's the thing. In other news, I have had people come in losing great amounts of lashes because they're getting down to the root of the lash and they're doing that weird thing where they wiggle the lashes back and f- the lash curler back and forth. And they, or they tug and they pull and they lift and they have their little magical routine that they like to do with the eyelash curler. Things that they feel, oh, this works better. Let me do this. Or this ha- makes it happen faster or whatever the case. But in reality, if you hold down that beauty curler and you just simply count to three or four, just stay still. Hold it. Don't wiggle it. Don't even move. Count to three or four and then gently release it. You're going to get the same thing done. It's less strenuous on the hair. You're not pulling the hair out by the root. You're not making those hairs looser, which eventually we're going to fall. We all shed eyelashes all the time anyway. You don't want to speed that process along. And what happens is if you continue to do that again and again and again, it's going to be harder and harder for those lashes to grow back. If you lose lashes, you will grow them back eventually, unless there's been some scar tissue and you no longer can produce hair in that area. But why tempt the fates, you know? So this one, (laughs) I'm just going to read it. They say, I couldn't get into my waxing place. So my friend said she would bring some wax over to my house after work. When she arrived, we realized we had nothing to heat the wax, so we ended up using the stove. So there I was, stripped from the waist down, spread eagle on my kitchen, your kitchen counter, while my friend attempted to wax me with the wax on the stove. In my head, it was a brilliant plan. I got a burn on my lip and jerked back, hitting my head on the toaster and falling off the countertop. Ooh, I'm glad that she was getting her face waxed because I'm sure some of y'all were sitting there wondering because I know I was. Ooh. Spread eagle on her kitchen counter. Wait a minute. Is she saying burn on her lip, like her mouth, or burn on her lip? Like, you know. I'm not even going to mess with it. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. Because I want to say this. Okay, I can't. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. If it's your downstairs lip, not your upstairs lip, those downstairs lips are just like how I just described tequila back in the hangover episode. That, listen. Your lady bits are also a gentle mistress. You take care of her, she takes care of you. You respect her, she respects you. Don't you dare 
go over there heating up wax on a stovetop like this is like we're in pioneer times and then putting some boiling hot water on her. If you do that, you deserve what you get. You should lose your privileges to even have her. That's abuse. Don't treat her like that. Are you kidding me? What are you doing? My goodness. And I'm not even going to get into the fact that you are doing that on the kitchen counter. For the love of it all. What are you doing? What are you doing? I know I said that this is a judgment-free zone, but great day in the morning. So, okay. <laughs> this next one, it was is called the DI mask that felt like acid. They said, I was really into DIY face masks, so I looked up a good one for acne. I made this one with honey, lemon juice, and cinnamon and put it all over my face. It immediately felt like acid was on my face. I ran to the bathroom crying and tried to get it off, but because of the honey, it didn't budge and continued to burn. Turns out I'm highly allergic to cinnamon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about the DIY. I love DIY. I absolutely love DIY. I like to make things all the time. But you, again, you should really, before you start putting things on you, you should know. I mean, you were allergic to cinnamon, but you could have been allergic to honey. You could have been allergic to lemon. There's all kinds of things. So usually my best recommendation, and I'm not saying like run to the allergist. Everybody doesn't have the money to run to the allergist and get a full workup. But I will say this. Patch test. Patch test. When you do a DIY skincare anything, and that's true for your hair, that's true for your face, your body, anything like that, patch test. Just do a patch test, see what happens. If you had done a little patch test next behind the ear or something like that, you could find out immediately if that agrees with you or not. And as for trying to remove a mask, if it has honey in it or something that's tacky and sticky, just a little warm water. A little warm water will do the trick. Mm. Hopefully you have learned your lesson and will never try something like that again. But thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers, honey. <laughs> okay. Oh, so this is about the lip hack that made their lips swollen. You know that, that Kylie Jenner lip challenge? I tried it. I used a glass, but it turned out terrible. I don't know what I did, but I had a big round circle around my lips and they were so swollen. I also had to go to school like that and it didn't disappear for three days. The most shameful days of my life. Yup, I bet. I'm going to tell you something else, which was even more shameful. Was that you looked at Kylie Jenner... And decided to look like her. This is not a burn on Kylie. This is simply saying. That you knew that her lips weren't natural. And you know. Also, you should also know. 
that she's a millionaire, multi-millionaire. So when she got her lips done, she had it done in the safety of the plastic surgeon's office that had all the right tools to do something like that with. Just because some idiot went on YouTube with a jelly jar and started swelling their lips and rupturing capillaries and blood vessels and walked around with their lips all swole doesn't mean that you should do the same thing. And absolutely, it depending on the jar, yeah, you're going to have a ring around your mouth. And it's you're going to walk around looking like, yes, I'm the girl that was ridiculous enough, or the guy that was ridiculous enough to do it. I'm hoping you used some concealer or something so you didn't have that red ring around your mouth the whole, however long it took to heal, but there is that. The reason that I sound a little irritated is simply this. If you're going to go do some weird fad beauty thing, you have to go in with both eyes open knowing that that thing could blow up in your face. And if it does, you have to take that your lumps and you have to move on. I really hope that you don't have to take your lumps though because I would hope that before you went from the phase of seeing that crazy beauty fad to actually doing it, I would hope that you would look at it and go, yeah, no, I'm not, mm-mm, that, that probably won't end well. So I'm going to just, I'm going to sit this one out. I mean, you're lucky that that's all that happened. You're lucky that it didn't lead to terrible, terrible bruising. You're lucky that something didn't get permanently damaged in your face. Even though I'm laughing at some of these things, that they're dangerous. And, you know, you got to be careful. I mean, truly, we use levity to learn from our mistakes. At least I know I do. But some of these things are truly, truly dangerous. So, you know, you got to be careful. Good gravy. And now, a PSA. From Beauty Reform School. The chemical peel that made their face bleed for two weeks. So they say, one time I went for my skin treatment and the dermatologist said that my acne was too broken out to have my usual treatment. Instead, she decided to do a chemical peel. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. I was 15, y'all. It burned like hell. And I came out red and unable to make any sort of facial expression. I had scabs around my mouth and forehead at least a quarter of an inch thick for two weeks, which cracked and bled every time I laughed. I had a cheer competition the week after and came off the floor bleeding because I had to smile. Girl, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I am so, so sorry it happened to you. But I would love to know in what universe... Would a dermatologist who thought that your tender acne broken out skin, who thought that your skin was just too delicate to do your usual skin treatment, thought that a chemical peel was the answer. I hope they no longer practice. I truly hope they no longer practice. That is absolutely ridiculous. That almost smells like malpractice for real, for real, if you really want me to say it, because I'll say it. That is horrible. 
I'm so sorry that that happened to you. That is absolutely ridiculous. Just know that when you are acne prone in general, your skin needs to be taken extra good care of. I mean, when you, your skin in general should be treated with respect and taken care of, but you should definitely, definitely take care of your skin when it's acne prone. Half the time your skin is open. If you have um, pimples that have broken, the skin has broken for whatever, you know, if you have a pimple and you wash your face, Sometimes just the uh, the the act of rubbing your face is going to break the top layer of skin. You're also going to have some when that happens, you're going to have some bacteria come out that's going to leave your skin particularly vulnerable. So you're not going to want to do anything too aggressive when it comes to skincare during that time. And if your dermatologist blah, 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 dermatologist was smart enough to know that you shouldn't have your quote-unquote normal treatment, then why the hell did she up the ante? Chemical peel. These were amazing. I have some more for you, but I'm going to save them for next month because I can't even believe, I just can't even believe it. They, They were crazy. If you have a friend or someone you know that went through something like that, please, please send me your horror stories. Tell me what happened. Tell me, you know, you can spare me their names to save their dignity, but tell me what happened. Um, You can use aliases. It's fine. I just want to know some of the horrors that you have seen, heard about, or even happened to you. Um, it's happened to all of us. I mean, I don't want you to think for one second that people in the beauty industry have not suffered. I mean, sometimes that's how we got into beauty in the first place because things did not go well and we wanted to empower ourselves and learn more about it. So we are not coming to you from a high horse. We are coming to you, as I always say, right on the ground with you. Please share your stories message me on the Facebook group or message me on Instagram. Let me know your stories because I definitely want to hear them and we can include them in our next bonus episode that we will be doing every month. This has been so much fun. These stories are hilarious. And even though we're looking at them from a past tense, in the present in the present tense i'm sure that they were incredibly scary and embarrassing and most of all painful so but i think it's a good analogy to remember that a lot of painful things once you get through them you can look back on them with some hindsight and some levity and just know it doesn't always have to be that way if you make a mistake you can fix it nine times out of 10. And even if you can't fix it, you can absolutely learn from it. Some things do leave a scar, but when you look at that scar, you remember and you don't forget and you learn from it. So I love you for listening, of course, but be careful out there, will you? And pencils down. 
Class is dismissed. And we'll see you real soon on the next bonus episode.